I want to talk today. It's going to be a little different. But I felt Tuesday of this week that the Lord was directing along this line. So I just want you to pray with me for a few moments here. Father, we come before you right now and we thank you for your presence. For these moments that we have remaining together today, I pray that the Spirit of God would guide and direct everything that is spoken. Lord, reveal to us your faithfulness today. Lord, enlighten us as to your constant companionship in our lives. There's not a moment of a day that you are not with us. And that's why the scripture says you're a very present help in the time of trouble. We're thankful for the times you've intervened in the past and we anticipate your intervention in the future. But Lord, today I'm grateful that you are present with us now, this time. Lord, speak to us through your word. Speak to us through these thoughts. And encourage us today, I pray, in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I've entitled these remarks today, There is a Comeback with Jehovah. There is a Comeback with Jesus. I want to take, if you'll indulge me, I want to take a few moments today to talk to the family. I don't know, maybe at my age of 53, shortly to be 54, I'm getting a little more sentimental and nostalgic as I get older. But I want you to take a journey with me and let's rehearse what has clearly been the hand of God upon one this church family, and two, this pastor. Indulge me to testify. Would that be okay? I want to talk about the church first. You see, I believe that you as a church have to look back with eyes of confidence to see where God has brought you from. And that will empower you to look forward with eyes of faith to see where God is taking you. I've been present long enough now, just a little over two years, to have heard the stories of years past when Sunday school ran 700 strong or when the church in the mid-1900s was so packed that people would stand outside with the windows open to be part of a move of God because there was no room inside. I've been present to hear the stories of the miracles, the signs and the wonders that were the result of the fire of God falling and people being saved, sanctified, and filled with heaven's Holy Ghost. I've been in conversations about the rich history of a 100-year-old congregation that for 10 decades have been led by great men of God in revival seasons and relocations and building programs from East Main to Bob White Boulevard, making such a difference, not just in the town and the county of Pulaski, but around the world. I've also been present to hear personal accounts of the heartbreaking story of voids that have been left where many that had traveled with us 
in the last few years no longer are on the journey with us today. I want to tell you there's a comeback with Jehovah. There's a comeback with Jesus. I've stood and listened to hear the gut-wrenching experience of losing church buildings to a devastating fire. It will forever be a part of our history. I wasn't personally present, but my heart has been gripped, as many of you have shared in personal and private conversations that fateful night when you stood and you watched not just a building go up in flames, but more importantly, memories of weddings and baptisms and salvations and communions and productions and, and funerals, and the list just goes on and on. So much was lost on that fateful night in January of 2017. You stood on that first Sunday over at the Pentecostal Holiness Campground, the facilities there in Dublin, with many, many more questions than you did have answers. And you heard your pastor at the time that was leading you, and he gave you a directive that was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that directive was simply this, rejoice, rise, and rebuild. How? Why? Because there is always the potential of a comeback with Jehovah. There is always the potential of a comeback with Jesus. You see, in the Hebrew, the, the word Jesus, the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. And may I say to you today that it is still true. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. This church has cried and prayed and rejoiced and clawed its way back. And seven weeks from today, on March 29th, we will dedicate these worship and children's facilities to the Lord for his glory and for his honor. You as a church can look back with eyes of confidence and see from five years ago and see from three years ago that there has been a comeback with Jehovah. That there has been a comeback with Jesus. And I just want to take a few moments and I want us as a church to give God some splendid praise for where he has brought us from over the last five years. Somebody lift up a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to your name. Let me testify to you a little bit about your pastor. I have for many years, better than 20 years actually, enjoyed a special relationship with the Pulaski Church of God. At personal low spots and on the peaks of the mountain, the Pulaski Church of God has been threaded through my life and my family. Friendships with former pastors and occasional invitations to come and share the gospel in services and camp meetings with you folks as an evangelist was among the great highlights of my 30 years of ministry. Let me just highlight a couple of specific things, though. First of all, one memory that stands out was in the year 2002. I had just gone to pastor at the Spotsylvania Church of God in Fredericksburg, Virginia. 
It was a church that was on the verge of building. It was a church that needed to build. And it's beyond me to this day why they hired a pastor that had never built anything. I was green, I was inexperienced, and I was overwhelmed. One day I was walking around the sanctuary in Spotsylvania, Virginia, just before the breaking of ground. And I was feeling overwhelmed and, and actually began to ask the question, Lord, are you sure it was you that brought me here? Am I here because I've been under the directive of the Lord? And just as sure as I'm standing here, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that afternoon, walking around the uh, former sanctuary at, in Spotsylvania and said, I have brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. I remember that well. But what's even more dynamic is just a few days later, I happened to be traveling through, don't even remember where I was going to, but I remember being in a revival service, my wife and I, in the old sanctuary at Pulaski, the former sanctuary. We were, we were in that service. I remember where I was, Brother Turpin, about where you and Rosalie uh, sat there. I was, I was back on that outside aisle about halfway back. And Brother West was ministering the word and God was moving in a mighty way. And we stood back there as many people were being ministered to in the altar service. But I remember the evangelist pointing his finger at us and saying, I want you to come to the platform. And we walked up on the platform that day back in 2002. And on that, on that pulpit, there was a bowl of oil. Some of you might remember it during that service. He said, this is what the Lord wants you to do. He wants you to take the tips of your fingers, both of us, and he wants you to dip both of your hands in that bowl of oil. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God began to move upon me and my wife. And as we both lowered our fingertips down into that bowl of oil a word of knowledge came through that evangelist that said these words God wants you to know that he has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this it was such a great confirmation that happened in my life I did not know it was a confirmation for 2002 but I can promise you it has been a confirmation for 2019 and 18 19 and 20 as well let me tell you about another astounding occasion it was on June 5th 2016 it was seven months before that dreadful fire your pastor pastor Gore was on vacation and he asked me I was serving up in Richmond and he asked me to come and preach that Sunday morning and seven months before the night of January 10th I came and and, and I had no clue what was going on I had no idea was what was happening in the spirit realm but God sent me with a word to the pulpit in the former sanctuary and the word was simply on restoration. I find that to be fascinating as if the Lord was, was peeling back the layers and preparing the church uh, for, uh, for, for what was going to be happening in the future. Maybe it was happening in our spirit. Maybe it was happening in our, in our mental faculties and in our emotions. You say, well, that was just coincidental. No, 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 no. In the things of God, there is no such thing as coincidence it's called providence and I want to say it again there is a comeback with Jehovah there is a comeback with Jesus let me share with you one more thing that you may not have heard and there's several highlights that I could talk about about the 20 year relationship that Sandra and I have had with you even prior to coming and serving as your shepherd but this particular one also impacted me and this is more close to home. We were faithfully serving in Richmond. But the church we were serving at, 
had hit some very difficult bumps in the road, even to the point that I was pastoring full-time and working a part-time job to take care of my family. I had missed a prayer conference and a, a camp meeting that year simply because I refused to put the church in debt. And I remember your pastor at that time, after I had missed a prayer conference and camp meeting, I remember him saying to me, as your brother in Christ, I don't want you to miss another prayer conference. I don't want you to miss another camp meeting. You need to be there. You need to be fed. And I remember saying to him, Travis, we cannot afford it as a church. And that was all that was said. There was nothing else discussed about it. I, I wasn't anticipating going uh, to prayer conference that uh, February of that year. I, I, I remember, and I want you to listen to this carefully. I woke up on the morning of January 11th, 2017 in Mechanicsville, Virginia. And as many of us do every day and multiple times, I checked Facebook, and to my horror, I discovered that the beloved church of Pulaski had burned to the ground. My wife and I were stunned, to say the least. Well, I was sort of in a daze, and even though I had not served in ministry on staff here, there had been a continuous thread for, for many, many years, almost two decades. I remember getting in my car and, and driving to the church. I knew Pastor Gore was very busy, and I sent him a text telling him I'd call him later and that I was praying for him. My heart was broken. And I went to the mailbox that morning, the morning after the fire. And inside the mail that morning was an envelope from the Pulaski Church of God with a check inside for $500 so this Richmond pastor could go to prayer conference. I tried my best. I urgently tried to return that money. He said, absolutely not. God directed and you are going to be at prayer conference where you can be ministered to. I just, I just, as I thought about that, and many times it has gone through the course of my mind, I've, I've wondered, God, what are you doing in your providential hand? But I just want to say today, for five years, this church, in, especially in relationships and ministry, has gone through difficult seasons and structural challenges and, and challenges with facility. And I can assure you that for years prior, your pastor and his family have also gone through difficult seasons. But I want to say today what the Bible says, and that is this, eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. My friend, that is a word of promise to this church. That is a word of promise to this pastor. That is a word of promise to every believer, and I want to say this to you. It's not new, and it may sound cliche, but no matter where you find yourself, I want to say to you that your setback is a setup for a comeback. Can I say that again? I don't care what kind of situation you find yourself in, what the reports say, what the bank statements say, wherever you find your, however dark it may be around you, I'm telling you, you may call it a setback, but if you keep your eyes upon Jesus Christ, I'm telling you it's not a setback. It's simply a setup because you're on your way back to the victory God is going to give to you. I am living proof. This building is living proof. Everybody in the house is a result of the proof that God will not leave you where you are. He will bring you out. I wish somebody would give the Lord praise. There's a comeback with Jehovah.
there is a comeback with Jesus. You see, there's a story in 2 Kings chapter 4. You're a student of the word. You're very familiar with the story. It begins with a woman and her husband that were barren and could not have children. But they loved the prophet of God. And his name was Elisha. They loved him so much that every time he came to town, he would stay with them. Even to the point that they built a special room onto their house just for him to stay in. One day through the prophetic word of the Lord, the prophet Elisha looked at this couple and said, God's going to give you a miracle, son. Oh, the joy and the elation that they must have experienced. A miracle birth when you've lived so many years uh, doomed to believing that you would not have a child. The child was born miraculously. And as a young toddler, one day his head began to hurt terribly bad. He was out with his father in the field. I don't know whether it was a migraine or what we would call it a seizure or maybe an aneurysm that was getting ready to burst. But it was so bad that within a few moments after sitting on his mother's lap, the young boy died. But I'm telling you, there's a comeback with Jehovah. Elisha came to where the corpse of the boy was. He went in and laid on top of the boy with his physical body. And the scripture states that the flesh of the child waxed warm. Elisha left and returned and laid upon top of the child again. And the scripture says the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. He was revived and raised back to life because there's a comeback with Jehovah. You look back with eyes of confidence. You see the finger of God. Then you look forward with eyes of faith. And you say and you declare and you live it out. I am in the midst of a comeback with Jehovah. I'm in the midst of a comeback with Jesus. There would be more to take place in this woman's life, in this woman's comeback. You see, I, I for years, I just saw 2 Kings chapter 4 isolated by itself. I, I didn't realize that, that, uh, that God was doing something even, even greater in her future. Some years have passed now, and we go, we go to 2 Kings chapter 8, four chapters over. And there's been a terrible famine that has come to the land. And Elisha looks at the, at the woman and, and her son, who is now four or five years old. Obviously, she's probably become a widow by now as well. And, and, and commands under the directive of the Lord to leave the land and go find a place to live during the famine. And so the Bible says that she went to the land of the Philistines in obedience to the word and the prophet of the Lord. She walked away from her land, her home, her livelihood, and went to a strange land. And she lived there for seven years after the famine was over seven years later. She returned to her homeland. But upon returning to her homeland, to her horror, she found that her property had been taken, that her home was gone, that her produce had been consumed over the last seven years by someone else, and all the finances that would be associated with that produce was also gone. It was all gone. But I want to stop here and tell you again, you have to look back with eyes of confidence to be able to look forward 
with eyes of faith. And I believe somewhere in there, she looked back in her mind's eye and said, I remember the day that God raised my son back to life. And it became a reference point for the dilemma that she found herself in. I want to tell you this again. you got to get this in your spirit. Your setback is a setup for a comeback. Well, praise the Lord. The Bible says that she didn't know what else to do. So she went in and begged the king to have mercy upon her and her son and give her her land back. I love this story because if you read in 2 Kings chapter 8 about the time, precisely the time that she is walking and entering the courtyard, entering the palace with her now 10 and 11 year old son. At that moment or just prior to that precise moment, the king asked Elisha's servant Gehazi, said, I want you to tell me a little bit about Elisha's miracles and some of the great things that he has done. And Gehazi begins to recount the story. He chose that miracle to start talking about. And as he started talking about that miracle and how God raised the boy back to life, at that very moment, the woman and the resurrected boy, seven years later, is now walking into the king's chamber. Let me just stop here and tell you, I have shared some providential moments when I talk about that. I've shared not some coincidental moments when I've talked about some of the things I've rehearsed for the church and for your pastor. I'm telling you there are supernatural moments that are orchestrated by the hand of God over this church and over this preacher. I'm telling you, you've got to have eyes of confidence and look back and when you do and you see where the Lord has brought you from, it will give you eyes of faith to look forward to see where God is going to take you. I want to say to the Pulaski Church of God, he who has begun a good work in you, that's eyes of confidence. That's looking back to where the beginning was. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's eyes of faith. That's eyes looking forward. That's the way we've got to live. That's how we live in the victory that overcomes this world is our faith. It's like the old song says, remind me, remind me, dear Lord. I remember it, Brother Scott, growing up in church, listening to the saints sing this verse, roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember, I am human and humans forget. Remind me, dear Lord. I'm telling you, he has not forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. Take your reference to your past and know he's the same God of your future. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Seven years removed from the land. And yet, at a providential moment, her and her 11-year-old boy walk into the king's court. (laughs) Not a year early, not a year late. Not a month early, not a month late. Not a week early, not a week late. Not a day early, not a day late. Not an hour early. My God, my God, not an hour late. (laughs) 
Could you imagine it? I try to place myself. There's just certain places in the Bible I would never want to be present for. But this is one of those places I would love to be present for. To stand there. Oh, king, Gehazi says, God used Elisha to raise a boy back to life. King gets up on the edge of his throne. Do tell. His eyes are really big. I'm telling you, he went into the room and laid on top of the boy. And the boy sneezed seven times. God gave him back to his mama. The king is fascinated. And just about the moment, he's going to go to another miracle. Maybe the miracle where the iron head swam. Maybe the miracle where the, the stew was poisoned. And they put something inside of it at the Elisha's direction and God healed the soup. Maybe he's about to go to another miracle. And just about it, and let me tell you about this. But wait a minute. There's somebody entering the king's court. And her and her boy walk around the corner and Gehazi go, Hey, king, you know that kid I was just telling you about? That's him right there. (laughs) Y'all don't have to get excited. Just indulge me. And she comes in, and she says, King, I had to leave because there was a famine in the land. And for seven years, I've been gone. And I come back to find my home and my land and my produce and all the finances that went with it has all been taken from from me. And the king says, restore everything that's been taken from her. Restore her fruit. Restore the finances that her fruit produced. Restore her home. Restore her land. I'm the king. Run every squatter off of that land. That land belongs to this woman. This woman is a follower of Jehovah God who has seen the miraculous power of the Lord. This land is hers. In a moment, her house is back, her land is back, everything the land produced, in a moment, all back. Comeback is completed. I'm going to say it again. Your setback is a setup for a comeback. There is a comeback with Jehovah. There is a comeback with Jesus. You can choose to live life always saying, I'm in a valley. But as one of Tim Hill's songs says, I love this. I'm not in a valley. I'm just changing mountains. I'm not in a valley. I'm just going from one mountain peak to the next mountain peak. Well, preacher, you don't know all that I have lost. The months and the years. Good thing Bible writes about that, doesn't it? The prophet Joel wrote. He said, I'm going to. God said through the prophet Joel, I'm going to restore the years, the years 
that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locust and the caterpillar have been eaten away. I've said, I've said this many times before. I'll say it again. You'll hear me say it again. Too many of us have situational faith. We trust God in certain areas, but not in all areas. We trust him to save our souls, but not to heal our bodies. We trust him to heal our bodies, but not, not provide for our family. We trust him to provide for our family, but don't, provide for, don't, don't trust him to protect our family. We have situational faith. But the same God that healed my body is the same God that saved my soul. The same God that saved my soul is the same God that provides for me every single day. The same God that provides for me is the same God that protects me wherever I travel. There is a comeback with Jehovah. My God, I feel this in my spirit. It's time to show up at the throne. See, Hebrews 4.16 commands us to come boldly to the throne of grace. And this woman in 2 Kings chapter 8 is an example to us. So in the Old Testament, you have an example of going boldly to the king. And in the New Testament, you have a command to go boldly to the king. Why in the world do we sit back on our hands? We were out with a couple from the church last night, and I made the statement, as strongly as I feel the Spirit of God in these services, I'm blown away when only 10 or 12 people come to the altar. When I know there's a multitude of you that are going through some stuff, you find yourself in a set back position. God has sent your preacher by to tell you it's time to reference with eyes of confidence your past so that you can look forward in eyes of faith for your future. Your setback is not to leave you there. We expect God to move, and yet we never ask him. We just assume wallow in our mire than to get vigilant with our faith. Oh, I thought that bounced back. For if we stay in our mire, we may be uncomfortable, but maybe we'll get a little more attention. When the Lord says... I don't want you to stay in your mire. I want you to leave your mire. It's a temporary place. The valley's a temporary place. I want you to come boldly to look at the pattern of the woman in 2 Kings chapter 8. She had nowhere else to turn. Did you, did you know that in the Old Testament, when, a, when somebody walked into the courtyard... If the scepter was not extended to them, 
they could be decapitated just like that. Their head could be removed from them. I read nowhere where she set up an appointment to meet the king. I don't read anywhere where she got hold of one of the eunuchs or the servants and said, hey, I've got a bad situation. Let me come and see the king. Would you set it up for me? No, I don't read that anywhere in there. I just saw where she was desperate. And in her desperation, she said, I don't have anywhere to turn but to the king. But if I go in and the king doesn't extend his scepter and I lose my life, so be it. But my son and myself are in a desperate place and we're going to come boldly, even to the point of risking my life. I'm going into the king's chambers and I'm going to ask the king for my miracle. God completed her comeback. You have an example in 2 Kings chapter 8. You have a command in Hebrews chapter 4. I've testified to you. You can, you can look back. We are sitting inside of a miracle. I wish somebody would get that in your spirit. We are sitting inside of a miracle. We look back with eyes of confidence. Say, this is where, what God has done. And it helps us. He's not, he's not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has a miracle for you. Don't even come to the keys. Bow your heads. I don't know, maybe there is only 12 or 15 or maybe there's 100 or 130 that are in this room that are, your posture right now is kind of, feel like you're in a setback. You're in a difficult place. But this word, this testimony, this word, testimony of this church, the testimony of this pastor, this word from this woman in 2 Kings 4 and 2 Kings 8, maybe it has resonated within your spirit. Maybe, maybe in your heart you just need to say, you know what, if you did it for that woman that followed Jehovah, you'll do it for me, a follower of Jesus. I'll put you right on the spot. If you're in a, find yourself in a setback position, I want you to be obedient. I want you to get up from where you are and come. And come, come with some vigilance. Come with some diligence. You're not offending God. Friend, you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Because Jesus is attached to you and his blood covers your soul, you have access to all the blessings of the Father.
time to lay down your pride and say you know what I find myself in a setback posture I need I realize that I've heard the word and the word that the Holy Spirit has spoken into me is that this is just a setup for a comeback come on there's others in this room come on come on don't be distracted by anyone around you don't be distracted by anything flesh would like to distract you from what God's word has spoken into your spirit and into your heart. Don't you allow it. Come on, they're still coming. They're still coming. They're still coming. They're still coming. I'm going to wait till everybody gets up here. They're still coming. Spread out. Spread out in a single file, if you will. I'm going to build a prayer wall behind you. <laughs> 